0: to so Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 46 of The Jetman with the Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to *Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we sh- watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave. How are you today? <laughs> I am... I'm hot, dude. It's so hot. It's... it's very hot today. It is. I think it... it was like creeping up towards 100... Today. It was like in the mid to high nineties, which listen, I know there's hotter parts of the world, but Cleveland is a very humid place. It wasn't actually that bad because we just we knew it was gonna be hot. Mm-hmm. We have a, our friend Molly is visiting from out of town. Yes. And we just decided yesterday that we were gonna figure out places to be pretty much all day today. Just so, like air conditioned places. Yeah, just air-conditioned places because my house isn't air-conditioned. It's again, it's not as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I really thought that I was going to just die without air conditioning. No, honestly, you do acclimate. But it's still, dude, it's friggin' it, hot. Oh, it's not. It's not ideal. <laughs> I'm not living my best life right now. But. So, yeah, So, but I'm hot, but otherwise things are good. It's cooling down. We'll sit on the porch. We'll drink some some of them cold beers. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be great. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Uh, but Dave, before we do that, we've got some stuff to take care of today. And first and foremost among them is that Shining in the Heavens, I don't know if you remember this, there are five stars. Um, What is our first star of the day? So, our first star of the day, Matt, just real, real quickly. Yeah? This isn't actually the first star of the day. This is the pre-star. Okay. Is that you did not tell our friends out there in podcast land what the title of this episode is. And I need you to do that. Okay. I, I, I was saving that. Oh, okay. oh, dude. I didn't no, want to No, no, no. Like, it's fine. I didn't want to like harsh your vibe. It's just... It's we usually do that. And, no, no, no. no. Let's save it. Let's save it for right beforehand. Okay, can I tell you a secret, Dave? Sure. I wasn't saving it. I just forgot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so our first star of the week, is, this is like a minor star. It's just something that I've been doing that's been fun, is Mutants and Masterminds. Okay. Mutants and Masterminds, is a you know, is a role-playing game. And ugh, listen, man, I had this beautiful dream. There's all these games I want to play. Like There's so many great games out there that I want to, like, build a character and, like, mess around in. And Mutants and Masterminds is one of them. And they, I don't know how recently, actually, but they did come up with a third edition of this game. And I grabbed a copy. Like, I'm not going to play it. You know this is a thing that I do. Like, right. I just, I have games for, or I have books for games I'm never going to play. So I grabbed a copy of it, and I've just sort of been, like, leafing through it, and I actually grabbed a character generator for it. Uh uh-huh. Well, I, What I did is I grabbed Hero Lab. Which, which is, you, Yeah. Is, uh, it's like a, it's a thing you can buy online. And dude, I tell you, I grabbed the demo version because I'm not actually going to pay for it because I'm not playing this game. But dude, if this was, if I was talking like 2001 Dave and Hero Lab existed, 2001 Dave would be a hundred percent down on this thing because it's really. Like, I'm not trying to do a commercial for Hero Lab here. Well, why don't you actually tell us what it is? Oh, sorry, Hero Instead Lab of just is... just telling us that it's good. Sorry, <laughs> Hero Lab basically is just a program that, like, helps you build a character in a role-playing game okay. and keeps track of all of your stuff for you, but it's cool and it's intuitive and it makes a lot of sense, and I would totally buy it if I was playing any of those games, but I'm not. So, Mutants and Masterminds is... It's a superhero game. Like, that's sort of the ooze in which it exists, and... It's just like, it's a really good game. Like the rules of it are really, really cool because it's a superhero game, right? Right. And so it's not like you just have a class that you're part of. You have to be able to kind of do whatever you want. And they just did, like they did a super great job of breaking up like pretty much any power that you would ever care to have. And doing it in such a way that you can sort of like pick and mix and match and like mash things together and apply like an appropriate modifier to make your dude or lady uh, just exactly what you want them to be. Oh, it's awesome. Like man. you can kind of, you just like, I want my guy to be a dude who has super speed and he's powered by atomic farts. Like, that's what I want. And it's like, okay, well, super speed is easy. Sure. And then you give yourself, like, a blast power with, like, the radiation thing and you make it, like, a gas, which you can do. And then it's, like, a damage thing and you give it, like, a power condition where, like, you need to eat a can of beans first and you have, like, a super speed sir who's... Powered by Atomic Fire. It's like, you can just do de- it. Sure, of course you can. Why wouldn't you? And why, why wouldn't you want to? Why wouldn't you want to? <laughs> I mean, honestly, this sounds a lot better than the other game I we used to try to play that was designed around a similar mechanic, because that game was called Aberrant, uh, and it was a White Wolf game. And if you know anything about White Wolf games, the worlds they construct are wonderful, and the rule systems that they construct are... Made out of like baling wire and oh, garbage. Dude, they're so bad. They're so bad. They're so. And, uh, dude, they're such beautiful games. that I are... love Aberrant. Like sure. I, I have not all the books, but like I have a bunch of them for Aberrant, and I actually did play it twice. I played. We played it once in college, and yeah. then I played it one time after college. And the world they built for it is so good. It's like super. It's a. It's like a really cool, realistic look. Mm-hmm. Aberrant is at like what would the actual world look like. It's just superheroes appeared out of nowhere. But it's not like a lot of things where it's a realistic look at the world like that. That also is like crummy. Yeah. You know, like, there's a lot of things that you'll get into, like, oh, this is a, like, what would the world look like if there were real superheroes? And then you watch it, like, oh, it would be terrible. Yeah. Like, it would be terrible, and this is terrible, and I'm not having fun. And Aberrant, (laughs) like, manages to avoid those things. It skirts that edge. It's a really good game. So, yeah, Mutants and Masterminds, it's a beautiful dream. Someday I'll play it. I'm never going to play it, but I'd like to, and it's cool (laughs) and fun. So... What, Matt, is our second star of the week? Second star of the week, Dave, is that I uh, took a page out of your playbook today and also decided to go somewhere with air conditioning around, like, noon-ish, 1 o'clock. Yeah, that's real strong. Um, My place does not get quite as hot as yours, but it still gets pretty hot. So... I checked the local listings for the theater that's around the corner from me, and they were playing a documentary called Lucha Mexico. Mmm. So, okay, here is- That sounds real good. Here are two (laughs) universal facts about any kind of wrestling documentary. One, I love it. Right. Two, it is Tragic. It's just always, like, there's no wrestling documentary There isn't... Like, you're watching it, and you're like, oh, this is... Like, you're just following these people around and showing me their lives and their careers and what it's like to be part of this really fascinating world. And, like, their friendships and relationships and, you know, traveling all over Mexico. Right, because it's like this crazy, strange thing. And then, invariably, at least one person is either, like dead or forever changed just like (laughs) you just just can't not right like if you record that many wrestlers like all together like something (laughs) bad is going to happen to (laughs) one of them i don't want to i shouldn't laugh no i mean yeah i mean i i i'm saying it in a way that as far as entertainers goes like those dudes live hard lives very the hardest speaking of uh speaking of wrestlers though actually do you know that the Dwayne the rock johnson Is now the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Really? Yeah. He is. He's also the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. In all of entertainment. So why wouldn't you give the most money? Why wouldn't you give him the the most most money? money. That makes absolute sense. Oh, man, I love The Rock. I mean, like, obviously, everybody loves The Rock. Sure. He's like handsome and charming and an action star, but I do love The Rock. So. Oh, Lucha Mexico. It's. Honestly, there's very little narrative to it, but if you just want to watch just footage of like 10 ish. Wrestlers going around Mexico doing their thing and living their lives. I definitely do want. It's that. really interesting. Blue Blue Demon Junior's in it. Blue Demon uh, Junior is great. You're you're saying that like you definitely saying that like I should, that means something to me. Oh, it sorry, does not Blue Demon. Blue Demon Junior's father. Um, of course was, like, one of, like, the, like, all-time, like, huge legends of Mexican oh, wrestling. Oh, okay. The only Mexican wrestler I know is El Santo. He was, like, El Santo. Okay, got Blue Demon Jr. was talking in this documentary, and he's like, listen... El Santo is Superman, and Blue Demon is Batman. Oh, no way! Wow, yeah. okay, that's like, pretty intense. Like, they, like, the original Blue Demon and the original El Santo were, like, in movies together. No way! Yeah. Oh my, that's so uh, cool. This documentary also had one of my favorite things in the world, which is a masked luchador wearing, like, a full suit with his mask on. That's the best! Like, the because suit and like, tie with mask. Like, oh. those dudes never, ever stop. Yeah, it's it's the greatest. Oh, it's, the, it's the best look. Anyway, so... Uh, if you happen to be near a place that's showing it, uh Lucha Mexico, it's great. Uh Dave, what is our third star of the week? So the third star is actually the movie that I went to go see to get out of the heat because air conditioners are in movie theaters. That's yes. a weird way to say that sentence. So inside the new Star Trek movie. Oh, how was it? It was super fun. Okay. Not I think actually like a like a great movie. Mm. It felt very okay, so I was telling this to Beth on the way home that I don't know if watching Super Sentai has given me, like, a Super Sentai lens that I now view other things okay. to, or if inundating myself with Super Sentai has helped me to recognize the Sentai-ness of other things. All right. So, okay. So, like, there's a hand... like. There's a handful of things I'll say about Star Trek. Dave, are you going to tell me that the Enterprise transforms into a giant robot? Because it, if it does, I will leave this recording right now. It does not. Okay. It, doesn't, it doesn't do that. But... <laughs> you better not be lying to me. I'm not. I'm not. I promise you I'm not lying to you. The Enterprise does not turn into a giant robot. But I'm not going to talk about the movie a whole lot because it like just came out. So right. if people want to go see it, they can go see it. But I will say a couple of things. First thing. Star Trek holds true that the future hates handrails. Sure. Just hates, there's just no safety rails on anything in the future. Dave's handrails are technology of the past and they've progressed beyond it. I do. I don't think they have because people fall <laughs> off of those all the time. And like, because that's how you know a, a ship is big and they're in the future, right? Is that there's like a walkway out over like a giant chasm. Sure. In the ship. I don't know there's a giant chasm in this ship. It feels like if you had a spaceship, you would want to make sure everything was kind of packed in there. But they don't. So whatever. And there's just never handrails. They're just walking <laughs> and they could fall off at any moment. So dj hates handrails. The degree of sciency hand waving is it's genuinely extraordinary. Like they could just straight up replace Everything they said with gobbledygook, and it would not matter. They would just be like, well, I think we should probably try engineering. It's just like, engineering? Have you tried science? It's just like, (laughs) science will never work. Well, engineering will never work. And then they try engineering, and engineering works. Like, that's it. Like, the whole, there's no explanations for anything that's (laughs) happening. And the third and final thing that I will say about Star Trek, aside from the fact that it is, it genuinely is. Like, it's a ton of fun. Sure. I feel like those, if Yeah, those new Star Trek movies, they're not necessarily good Star Trek movies. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, like there's a lot of sort of, qu- the quintessential nature of Star Trek is kind of missing from those movies. I was gonna say... But they are very fun. Yeah, if you were like a Star Trek person, I don't know how much you like these movies. I feel like you actually probably don't like them. But I'm not a Star Trek dude. And I think they're tons of fun. So the last thing that I will say is that... um, The Beastie Boys' seminal work, Sabotage... Figures... It's part of the movie. Really? It's not just part of the soundtrack? No, no, no. It is not just part of the soundtrack. (laughs) Like, it is part of the movie. Like, an integral part of the movie. And they do... They do make the Futurama joke where they, like, refer to it as classical music. Okay. Which I don't feel bad about spoiling because you knew, like, you knew it was happening. Mm-hmm. Because it's in the future. And they like, please, the boys is on, And I'm not mm-hmm. going to say in what context, but it is. And someone's like, is this classical music? And Spock's like, yes, I believe that it is. Because, of course, you can't, like, you can't not do that joke. Sure. So, Matt, what is our fourth star of the week? Fourth star of the week. Let me see if I can find a good transition. Okay, so, you were talking about... The Beastie Boys. Yes. I was just talking to somebody last night about a concert that he went to during the RNC. Uh, It was a Prophets of Rage concert, which is like a super group with Cypress Hill and uh, Rage Against the Machine. Yes. And at that show also was Ad-Rock, and they did a couple of Beastie Boys songs. (laughs) Nice! So, what I want to get to, uh, transition. No, that was really solid. uh, Is our sort of post-RNC week wrap-up. Here was my RNC experience. I stood in line for an hour and a half or two hours and failed to get into The Daily Show. Oh, sorry. Um, I went out to a bar or two to try to, like, catch some of the local flavor. And it was either, like, the people that I already know or completely dead. And then as soon as the RNC was over, I went out last night. And, like, all of the people, all of, like, the Cleveland locals who had been hiding all week, all came out. And everyone was just having, like, a huge great time celebrating the fact that, the like, Cleveland can just go back to being Cleveland again. Yeah, uh, let me just say, there was all sorts of stuff. Now, listen, they did have, like, a ton of extra police in. Oh, sure. Which, you know, so, like, people were pretty chill. But, like, Cleveland was super great about it. Like, it's been in the news. Yeah. People have been writing about, like, man, we were really concerned that there would be, like, X and Y and Z, and there was nothing, because Cleveland is awesome. You know what else is awesome about Cleveland, Matt? What? 2016 NBA champs! Champs all year! All year. Uh, yeah. So, Matt, we survived the RNC, Cleveland is still standing, everything actually happened out really well, so what is our fifth and final star of the week? Dave, fifth star of the week is, uh, are you ready folks for some hot takes about stuff that we barely researched? Because it's Sandy U Comic-Con season! It is! So, Comic-Con is on, and we're obviously not... There. Nor would we have any reason to be. So, it makes sense that we would... Like, we wouldn't need a reason to go. Like, we could just sure, go because we sure. like Comic-Con. But we didn't because A, is in San Diego and we live in yeah, Cleveland. Yes. And B, tickets are like a 1000000000 D dollars. Yeah, those are two really high barriers. Yeah, like, it's just crazy expensive. But, when I... My main interaction with San Diego Comic Con, which is the same interaction I have with it every year, is that this is when all the new trailers drop yes. for movies that are coming out. So let's let's just lightning round these. Wonder okay. Woman trailer. Looks awesome. Looks really great. And listen, I, I've been looking forward to enjoying a DC movie for a long time because I I really want to. Um, and do. it looks like this is one that I'm genuinely going to love. It yeah. looks fantastic. It looks super, super cool. I mean, cool. you know, the two minutes of it that I've seen. Right. But the movie looks genuinely good. Yeah. It looks like a fun, cool superhero movie. Speaking of DC movies, Justice League. Yes. There was a... I don't know to what extent it's like an official trailer. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it looks like it was cut together. Mm-hmm. But it's... I mean, it's definitely movie footage. Oh, yeah. Uh, new Wonder... Uh, not Wonder Woman. I mean, Wonder Woman is in it as well. Right. Uh, but I mean to say that it was Aquaman... Jason very, Momoa, yeah. that dude looks rad. Yeah, it's if you haven't seen it, just imagine Roman Reigns and take off his flak jacket, and you got it. Like, yeah, no, that's, that's pretty solid. So the weird thing to me though is is that the other movies, like individual movies, are coming out after Justice League, dude. They are. So they during, are Dave. They are. Th- thirsty for that crossover they've so got to get it they're doing that and then there's like a flash in the movie but there's a different flash in a tv show because... you know uh, you know dave uh, uh brian friend of ours friend of the show he was on one of the live ones yeah yeah. he has yeah, walked... I, I remember brian yeah you, you know that guy yeah um i was <laughs> <laughs> i was reminding the listener who may remember him for the, the uh the go ranger episode Um, was he also in the movie episode, like, that very first one did? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, anyway. I know, I remember these things. So anyways. Uh, anyway. So, Brian has this long-standing theory that looks more and more true every year, that DC's, like, weird scattershot approach to their cinematic empire is all building towards the Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they're just gonna, like put all of these Flashes and Batmans and Superman together into, like, one giant, like, crossover movie? Which, honestly, it would be amazing. Do I think it's ever going to happen? No. This is, like, a weird theory that, you know... it's Dang, it, it, But wouldn't it be great? That's a really good idea, though. Like, listen, the Flash in last season ran so fast that he left the CW and showed up on CBS. That's kind of amazing! Yeah. So, Justice League looks great... Wonder Woman looks great. Yep. New Magnificent Seven trailer, which I don't think debuted at Comic-Con, but it did just come out pretty recently. Looks super awesome. I love any and all versions of the Magnificent Seven. Yep. Haven't found one that I don't like yet. Um, let's see. What other... There haven't been... There has not yet been a Power Rangers trailer. There hasn't. But they've been showing some new pictures, which look very weird, and I feel like I ought to hate them, but I don't. I... No, I don't hate them. Listen, it's... It's gonna look different. Like, just... And it would be weird if it didn't. You know what I mean? So, what else? I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the movie. Me too. So. And I I think that is going to do it for our five stars of the week. Yeah, man. So, Dave, today, we're going to watch episode 46 of Chojin Sentai Jetman. It is called, and I I promise you I'm not making this up. I'm just waiting for you to say it, to just let it wash over me. The Great Demon King of the Tomato Field. Okay, welcome back. So we've just finished watching episode 46 of Chojin Sentai Jetman, The Great Demon King of the Tomato Field. I don't know what I expected. I mean, we got exactly what they told us. Yeah, no, I don't know why I thought it would be anything other than that. Because that's what it was. This is just, this episode is about the great demon king of the tomato patch now in the translation that we watched it was just the great king of the tomato yeah. patch so but i think the demon part makes sense because he's a scary figure we'll get into it in a minute so when this episode opens we are at sky camp and rita is growing that hydro yes he has tomatoes a, he has hydroponic like, tomatoes yeah is what he's, growing. he's got like a little like hydroponic greenhouse setup inside of sky camp and uh, Akko is really excited about it. He's showing her around. He's like, oh, akko chia No, he. Ca- I just noticed this, by the way. He calls her Akko-san. Mm-hmm. She refers to him as Raichan. Huh? Yeah. Which I know enough Japanese. If you don't know any Japanese, I don't know a lot. I, I dropped I out what, of my second semester yeah, of Japanese. I do know a little bit that Chan is like... Well, okay. I think of it as a diminutive, but it also, I think... As I think about it, rather, is also just like, hey, we're like super close friend pals. Okay. And so maybe that's, she's not like being diminutive. She's just be like, oh, right. So like, we're, you know, I, like, I kinda, we're special friends. I kind of like that because like everyone else has been super busy with all of the like romantic entanglements. They have of course been flying. On on the wings of love, only the two of us. I didn't know the second line, but I was there with you. Okay, so they've all been busy flying on the wings of love. Right. And, uh, like, I get the feeling that Raita and Akko are just hanging out. Just like, (laughs) okay, Uh, I guess guess they're doing their thing again. Do you want to, I don't know, check out my tomatoes. I'm growing some tomatoes over here. So Akko is, she's super stoked about these tomatoes. And Raita's like, check it out, tomatoes, blah, blah, blah. There is one vine that is not growing. Yes. And Akko, I'm sorry, Akko asks about it. And Raita just says, oh, they were going to throw it out. I don't know who they are. So I guess, I don't know if he just got all of these, he bought all of these plants. And then they Mm -hmm. were going to throw this one out. But he says, I saved it. And I'm going to like nurse it back to health. I'm going to save this tomato plant in particular because who cares right now my my thought was not that he went to the store and they were going to throw it out okay here was my actual thought process that has no backing at all but i was thinking okay so you know how the jetman program was supposed to be like five soldiers yeah 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 and now every time we see sky camp it's basically like this abandoned building with five people in it yeah oh, okay so like my thought is that for whatever reason like a lot of the funding got cut out of the jet program like and, after okay, that maybe happened there was a garden and so like they're probably like there was a garden because they were planning on having to feed like all of the staff that was going to be at sky camp but when all of this stuff happened and everyone <laughs> were left throw away the one plant. they were just like i guess we're just gonna throw all this stuff away no one's using it and right is like no 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 my friend I need to farm. I got this. I need it. In my soul, I have to do this. <laughs> so we go from there to the market. It's just like, it, it's not like a market. It's like an outdoor but, mall, Yeah. Like a, the, yeah. Okay. And so, first of all, Wright is being really weird. He's got like a, a grocery bag of tomatoes. Yes. And he's pushing them hard. He's like, Aku, you have to eat these tomatoes. Like, eat a tomato. He's, like, definitely invading her personal bubble. Yeah, like, taking like taking tomatoes out of this bag and trying to, like, shove them into her mouth. Yeah, it's not. It's a little bit awkward. It's a strange moment. I and, mean, Raita can be an awkward dude. So, yeah, he's just, you know, it's cranked to 11 a little bit. So, he's trying to get her to eat these tomatoes, and he's following her around. And Aku is like, dude, Raita, you need to back up because people are going to think we're a couple. <laughs> And And I need for no one to think that. I need for no one to think that. It's very important to me that not one person in Tokyo would possibly mistake us for a couple. Oh, see, I got the impression that she is out there, like, maybe, like, looking for dudes. Not in, like, a tawdry way. Sure. You know, she's in high school. Yeah. She wants to be seen. So I thought that she was out there maybe, like... You know, looking at boys. And she's just like, Raita, these dudes, these you high are, school dudes. You are salting my game. for serious. So, Raita again. He's, so he's really pushing these tomatoes. Anko bugs out. She's like, Raita, this she is She kind now. of like pushes past him. Yeah. She's and like, when she does that, the bag of tomatoes falls out of his hands. Yeah. And we see from there... It's kind of a, a, a weird shot, but we see dripping down the far wall... Nickelodeon is, Gak. It's, it's Nickelodeon yeah, Gak. It is exactly that. Uh, yeah, it's gotta be. It's just like a weird gooey blob. And then some energy waves come off of it, and Raita kind of starts freaking out. Yes. I just... Now, this... I know all the time we say that we don't get any explanation. In this episode, there actually is a scene later on where we do get an explanation as to what's happening... We'll cross that when we get to it. Yeah, because we don't... It's not now. Just some stuff starts happening. Right. And here's the thing that starts happening. The best thing. The best thing. Everyone turns into a tomato. Well, their head. Everybody has a tomato head now. And Raita is terrified of these He's tomatoes, freaking out. Like he looks at the TV, and the newscaster's head turns into a tomato. Into a tomato, and he goes to like hide behind like a stand where someone is selling food, and he looks up, and that guy's head is turned into a tomato. Also, the dude's head is a tomato, and all the yakitori, like all the chicken he was grilling, it's all tomatoes. Yes, just there's everything. a lot of a lot of attention to tomato detail in this episode is really great. Yeah, so there's just. It's just all tomatoes. Everything is tomatoes everywhere. And Raita is freaking out. And people are sort of gathering around him. Because no one else sees this happening. It's just this one lone dude freaking out. Oh, because their heads are not actually turning into tomatoes. It's just what Raita is seeing. We did not make that clear. This is 100% a hallucination. Yeah. And so when these people are gathering around Raita trying to kind of figure out what is happening with him... We see in the background Emperor Transa in his human form. With his sweet leather jacket. Yep. And so he clearly has done this. We don't exactly know how, but this is his doing. He snaps his fingers and Great Tomato King appears. Well, what the, the, the Nickelodeon Gak falls off of the wall oh, where that's it's right. And it transforms into the Great Tomato King. So... Let's... Dave, describe the Great Tomato King for Sure. Here. So Great Tomato King is, it's like a green bodysuit and it's got sort of plant, plant legs and plant arms, mm-hmm. but like they're made out of, I mean, obviously they're made out of foam rubber or whatever, but they're just sort of meant to look plant-like Uh huh. and it has a, a big cape. Yes. Like a giant, just way larger than you would think it needs to be. Flowing, a flowing cape oh, is a good yes. way to say it. Would you call it resplendent? Ooh, would I? Tough call. Okay. I might. We can revisit that. Magnificent. You know, I like that. Yeah. That's good. So he's got a magnificent cape, and then his head is a tomato-o-lantern. It's a jack-o'-lantern, but it's a tomato. This guy kind of looks like a tomato version of the pumpkin wrapper. Do you remember the pumpkin wrapper? I sure don't. Take Take a quick Google second and look up the pumpkin wrapper. The Pumpkin Rapper was a uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers monster. I think it might have been like a Zhu 2 season. The Pumpkin Rapper. Yeah, he raps. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh, he... I do kind of remember this guy now. Okay. Yeah, he looks like the Pumpkin Rapper. Except the Pumpkin Rapper's head is upside down for some reason. Which hey, is man. Weird. He's got, he's got a brand. Whatever. Because oh, he flipped the script. <laughs> uh, that's a thing that those rappers do. So, anyways... <laughs> I think that's the whitest thing I've said all week. So, possibly. Uh, possibly. So, to me, Great Tomato Kick appears. We flip back to the Viren Dimension, and Maria is sort of looking around. She's like, gosh, I wonder where Radigate is. Because I hope he's okay, I guess, is the idea. I don't... Maria, Radigate is not your friend. No, he is super not your like, friend. Like, he is super duper not your friend, And I mean, demonstrably not your friend. Right, like, he has worked, like, directly against you kind of a lot. Yeah! I think... Has he tried to kill her before? Man, probably. He's tried to kill a lot of people. It's in his... It would be within his character to do so. Okay, so anyway. So she, for some reason, is worried about him. Or maybe she's not worried and she's just curious, like, well, that guy disappeared. Ah, maybe. But it seems pretty clear. Yeah. Like, from her tone. That she is has some level of like concern for Radigate. So we go to the street and we see Radigate, actually. Mm-hmm. And he is sort of wandering around. And this is just a weird scene. It's very obviously setting up for later. Yeah. Because it has no relevance to the the rest of this episode. But we see Radigate and he's kind of wandering down the street. No, he's sort of like stumble walking. Yeah. Through that tunnel that we saw him in before. And he's just like discharging energy. There's like blue lightning that is coming out of him. Yeah, and then he turns into his human form. Right. From remember that one episode where he turned into just a regular dude. Yeah. Um and was in a hospital. Human humanigate. humanigate, yes. Yeah. He becomes humanigate again. Except he is like discharging energy. So he's sort of like crackling with this electricity and as he's walking by things, toys for example, Mm -hmm. the toys sort of come, not in like a, they come to life, but they're toys that need batteries and like they become charged. Right, and like he walks by a car and the car turns on. Yeah, so there's something going on there that we'll get to later. Not in this episode But it's happened just And so I, I that. think that What is happening there Is remember my theory Last episode How he absorbed All this energy Yeah all the energy right, From right, Veronica right. This is like A lot of that Excess energy Like just processing And shooting out Everywhere yeah. So we go from there To Sky Camp We see Akko at the bedside Of Raita She just goes Raita And then we Cut away Just like a Just an, a hard Smash cut And the car Goes off a ramp And then explodes <laughs> Yes and I like. I was like, "Is this a dream sequence? Is this happening? in something is going on with Rita? No, this is just actually happening. This is just a thing that's happening. I thought that it was related to the car that Radek had walked past and it had randomly turned on. Oh yeah, or that, and literally anything. No, nope. it's just it's just the Grinnem soldiers wreaking havoc. Yep, they're they're just they're just blowing stuff up. That's they're not it. doing anything special. They're just out on the town wrecking some stuff. Yeah. So the Jetmen show up. They're like, what? Just minions? Screw you guys. So they're like wiping the floor with a Grendum soldier. Well, it was really funny because when they show up, they're like, ah, it's just these minions. And they're just kind of standing there staring at them like, really, you guys? Is this... <sighs> are we going to take the time to do this? But then the Grendum soldiers all shoot at them and they have this moment where they remember like, oh no, we do still need to beat these guys up. <laughs> right. I can't just look at them and tell them to leave. They've got gun arms yeah. and they're maybe robots? They're potentially robots. We're not... There's a certain percentage of them, I think, that is Robot. Perhaps? Maybe. We don't know. It's literally <laughs> never explained. So, so, right is there, and everything is tomatoes again. Yes. Like, everything starts, he starts hallucinating tomatoes everywhere. All of the Grinom soldiers have tomato heads. Yep. I don't think the Jetmen themselves have tomato heads. No. But, as he is sort of freaking out, the other Jetmen are noticing, and... Great Tomato King appears, and to recognizes him. Yes, like he, he calls him out by name. He's like, "Oh, S, it's the Great Tomato King." Right. Like this is a bad situation. We need to get out of here. Yeah. He he doesn't even say that. He just yeah. freaks out and runs. And the other Die Ranger, Die Rangers. Wow. <laughs> Who? Hey now. The other jet men say like, "Oh, what's up with that weird Tomato Monster?" <laughs> yeah. So, but Ryan is freaking out. Great Tomato King is chasing Raita, and then what we get is basically, it's like a kid's campy version of it, but it's like a horror movie chase sequence. Everywhere Raita goes, Great Tomato King is right behind him. He can't escape. Great Tomato King is like teleporting around. It's like It Follows, but with tomato people. Yes, except I don't know. Full disclosure: I never saw it follow. I was gonna say I said yes, like real emphatically. I don't even know what that movie is. Well, I appreciate your uh, yes and improv skills, Dave. I just well, Matt, I am a, I am a drama teacher. Well, yes. So okay, so, so there's a there's a couple of really great moments in this sequence. So rita is running away from the Great Tomato King, and he's running down an alley. He gets to this like. Cage chain door at the end of the alleyway, and it swings shut before he can escape. He turns around, Great Tomato King is there, he freaks out and sort of collapses into a ball. And a bunch of people who are on the other side of that gate run over and, like, oh, what's wrong with this dude? Clearly he's having trouble. But the Great Tomato King has disappeared? Yes. And so when they go to look up, like, they're very. Kind of, they're just put out by it. They're very annoyed that this guy has called them over. <laughs> and they're and there's like, clearly no problem. Like, come on, guy. Keep it together, I guess. Crowd, this dude, even if you don't see anything, this is still clearly a dude with a problem. Right. Like, this guy is not okay. And plus, this is like week 46 of having monsters attack your city every week. Maybe if he's shouting about a monster, you should at least check around the corner. Okay, so there's another scene where he keeps running away. We get sort of a shot of him in an alley where Great Tomato King is walking behind him and just mimicking his actions. Oh, it's great. And then Raita turns around and Great Tomato King also turns around and then Raita freaks out again and runs away. He runs into like a building. It's like an office building or something. Mm -hmm. Jumps into an elevator and just starts hitting buttons on the elevator. I don't know... That seems like a reverse... Like, he's trapping himself, is the problem. Yeah. Like, I think he's. If, I think that what he's trying to get across is, I would like to be anywhere other than I am right now. So I'm just gonna press all these buttons and see what happens. So... He's a simple country man. He is. He doesn't understand our city ways. So he's hitting all these buttons in the elevator. And then a tomato falls. And I think hits him on the head. And he looks up. And Great Tomato King is... Like... I don't know how to say it exactly, but he's basically splayed out, pressing himself up into the ceiling yeah. of it, of the elevator. And then just like an avalanche of tomatoes rains down on Raita and buries him. And then that's it. That's the whole thing. We go from there to, and this is where we get the explanation.
1: We yes. go to the Vyrum
0: dimension, and they're asking, the other Vyrum commanders are asking Transa, like, what is up with Great Tomato King? It's like the dumbest monster that's ever been invented. And Transit explains, no, 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 no. It's not actually Great Tomato King. Right. It's a monster called the Metamore. Yes. And it's a shape... It's like a mind-reading shapeshifter. So what it does is it's pulling out images and fears from Rita, and transforming into those. And then, like, using that to defeat the enemies. Right. Basically, it's like... Uh, what's that thing from Harry Potter? Oh, jeez. You know, the thing that transforms into the thing that you fear most? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A boggart? Maybe? I think it's a boggart. Whatever... Uh, whatever you use a Patronus charm against. Yeah. Are they Dementors? No, no, no. Dementor dementors is? are the ones that, like, eat your soul. Yeah, like, listen, it's been, it's been a minute since I have read those Harry Potters. Yeah, so... But it's like that, except he's a tomato man. Yeah, he's a tomato man. So... Maybe this is why Rida eats so many tomatoes. He has, like, a latent... So this is what I don't get. Okay. Because what, what we we're about to find out is that Rida had, like, a childhood phobia of tomatoes. Yes. And that's where Great Tomato King comes from. But he clearly, like, overcame that phobia at some point in his adult life. Well, because... Because that dude goes to town on tomatoes. So what happens, and you may have missed this bit while you're taking notes, it's not just that it reads your memories and, like creates a thing that you are terrified of, it also amplifies that fear. Okay. So, like, it reached into his brain, found what he was terrified as of as a child, and then amplified that fear to a crazy degree. So, we are looking at a crossover scarecrow from Arkham Asylum slash Boggart situation. Yeah, it's a scare Boggart. It's a scare Boggart. That makes Okay, now I'm done. So, he is freaking out about these tomatoes. So we cut back to Sky Camp, and they're asking Ryder, like, dude, what is going on with you? Like, why are you so scared of this guy? And he says, literally, I have no idea. No, 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 I thought he says he remembers it from his childhood. He says, I remember this thing from when I was a kid. He says, I don't know why I'm so terrified of this, but there's something that is triggering in my memory that is reminding me of my childhood. Oh, okay. But, like, he's not able to put it together. So the chief says, well, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Right. So what it looks like is about to happen is that the chief is going to do some hardcore, like probing, unpleasant psychoanalysis. Mm-hmm. And she's just gonna she's gonna drop drop that people's elbow of psychoanalysis. Yes. It's gonna be from the raft from the rafters, from the top rope, from the top rope. Sure. All the way from the Titan tribe <laughs> Uh, What she actually does is just sends Raita and Akko to the family farm (laughs) Right. It's like, oh, you have a problem from your childhood? Well, go to where you lived when you were a child and just look around, I guess. So we go there, and here we find out that Raita's parents apparently were too busy in the fields to raise him? Well, like, because, you know, his parents were farmers... And so while they were out working all day, and he was just at home before he was old enough to be in the fields, they also lived with their gran- with his grandmother. And so his grandmother kind of like raised him while his yeah. parents were working. So what do you say? So it turns out that Great Tomato King is from writer's childhood drawings. He has, and like grandma just has, like she still has them. She has a box and she's like, oh, maybe this will help you out. And they pull it out, and it's just Great Tomato King. Right, I and mean, it looks like a, you know, it's a child's crayon drawing of the Great Tomato King, exactly as we have seen him in the episode. Yeah, so what Grandma says is she says he hated tomatoes as a kid, he had like a weird phobia about tomatoes as a child, he talked about having bad dreams about the Great Tomato King, oh, also he wet the bed a lot. Like, a lot, a like lot. All okay. the, like, she like laughs about it, and she like looks at Akko, it's mm. like, he wet the bed all the time. It's like, grandma, Chima! That's a weird Mima. Grandma yeah, just... Gammy, <laughs> Oma, whatever. What, no what, sister... Yeah. Uh, whatever you have decided to call your grandmother. Like, that's a weird don't do that don't. to a person. Back that train up. Yeah. Your, so your grandson is clearly here with a friend. Right. There's no reason to throw shade on his entire childhood like right, that. you just salting that game. <laughs> So, what she says is like, oh yeah, he had bad dreams about it all the time, and is this where we get the flashback, the dream flashback? Does that yes. happen here? Okay, so we get this dream flashback of Rita as a kid, and and basically, Great Tomato King shows up and breaks into his bedroom and chases him around. That's yeah, he's like chasing him around a field, and so on and so forth. I I suspect that it's the same little kid who was in the previous Rita little kid flashbacks. I mean... I would assume so. Uh, I haven't gone back to check, but it probably is. I, If you've already cast that kid, I don't see why you would redo it. Man, dude, there is a lot of stuff in this show that I cannot explain. Uh, okay, so anyways. So, okay, like, once we finish the dream, we're back in reality. And... Oh, there goes gravity. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you say that. said that because I was literally about to. So Akio figures out the monster. She says, oh, okay. This monster must be somehow drawing from your childhood. And you've just... we've had, Now we've got to figure out how to beat it. Okay. Right. So we cut back to the city. Where Guy and Ryu and Kaori are just sort of running around looking for this monster. Yes. Ryu is driving around in his go-kart. Guy's on his motorcycle. He actually starts to get off the motorcycle. And two ladies walk behind him. And he turns around his he's like... I think he whistles at them. There's like a hey, ladies. Sure. His head turns into a cartoon wolf. Yes. His tongue rolls out. Right. And And then he has to to hit himself in the head with a hammer a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tex Avery style. And then the ladies' heads turn into tomatoes. Now, this is not a hallucination. Right. Because now everyone is seeing it. It is straight up happening. Their heads are turning into tomatoes. And And they, like, the ladies seem to know it somehow because they, like, caress their tomato heads. They're like, oh, do you think we're beautiful? Or maybe they just don't realize it and are right. just like, hey, Guy. What's up, dude? What's up, Nice guy, motorcycle. Dude? So everybody's going tomatoed. Ryu, Guy, and Kaori are fighting Great Tomato King. There is a scene in here where a guy is in his car and it gets zapped by the Great Tomato King's, like, tomato beam. His head turns into a tomato and his car gets, like, covered in tomato vines that have tomatoes growing out of them. And he gets out of his car, holds his tomato head in his hands, and starts running around in a circle shouting, Help me, my head has turned into a tomato. I... It's so great. Oh my gosh, how did I miss that? I must oh, have been writing something down. I, I am probably going to be like finding like that screenshot and posting it somewhere. So, Guy, Ryu, and Kaori are fighting Great Tomato King. The fight is just, it's a fight. They're Right. You know, fight, fight, fight. But they're not doing very well. Yeah, I think they're fine. Like, it's not going super terribly. Ako and Raita arrive. And the fight is now joined, and Ryu thinking ahead. He's like, "Guys, just Smash Bomber! Like, just drop Smash Bomber on this thing. Let's not even worry about it." So they go to drop the Smash Bomber. It looks like it works. It turns out it does not. Right. Okay. So here's the problem: is that the Great Tomato King is totally invincible because he's drawn from he's writer's memory, creature. and in writer's like memory dreams, he is invincible, and so like they can't beat him until. Raiden is able to, like, like, convince himself that they can beat him. So, they're like, Raiden, you have to do it. And he says, okay, like, I'm gonna do it. And he pulls out his Smash Bomber, and he's lowering it to attack Great Tomato King. Great Tomato King just throws a tomato at him. It sticks into, like, the bar, like, onto the barrel at the end of the Smash Bomber. And Raiden just looks at it and freaks out so hard that he untransforms. Yeah. He, and he just, he drops a smash bomber, or beak smasher, and just runs away. I don't even know how to, I don't even know what to say to that! It's, it's oh man, guys, I don't know if you've been able to tell, I love this episode. Okay, so what happens is, is that Ryu summons Jet Garuda. It's Ryu, Gai, and Kauri, they're in Jet Garuda. Akko has taken Raita back to Sky Camp, and is like, shoved him into his tomato garden... So apparently, Akko is a proponent of the controversial psychological theory of immersion therapy. Yes. So she's shoved him in there and she's saying, listen, Raita, like, look at these. These are all of your tomatoes. These are your tomatoes. Do you remember you told me earlier how tomatoes are happiest when they're being eaten by someone with love? Like, that is the thing that Raita said. Oh, yeah. She's abso- not making that yeah, part no, up. He absolutely did say that. <laughs> And so she, she brings him over to the sad tomato, the one that was going to die, and there is a tomato on it. And she says, look, Raita, this tomato saw your heart, and it worked hard to get healthy so it could be eaten by you. And Rita is, like, overcome with just pride? Some, some kind of emotion. And the tomato... Literally falls off of the tomato vine into his hands. And finally, he now, is, now, in he, this moment, he is able to take a bite of tomato. So when he takes a bite of the tomato, we see Great Tomato King, and Great Tomato King starts freaking out. Yeah, because like all of his power is disappearing. Because Akko is convincing Raita to eat his feelings, so I was a little like, "Man, guys, come on! You Didn't were so know? you were so close you to a so... good message on this episode." Right, <laughs> and Raita. And, I mean, listen, confronting your fears—awesome message. It's just Eating like tomatoes. Honestly, pretty good message. Love very tomatoes, good for you. except like, come on, guys. Raita—he's a hefty dude. He's a hefty boy. He yeah. wears those husky jeans. He's a little—he's a little thick boy, and so. Like, come on, could we maybe have had him beat the monster in some other way than, like, by literally eating it to death? Listen, we already know that this is one of Raita's special abilities. This was the ability that when Tranza needed to, like, shame and defeat boy. him, he out-ate him. So, as right we're flashing back and forth between Ryta just going straight ham on these tomato plants. And Akko is just, like gathering as many tomatoes as she can and just handing them to him just like yes smiling and laughing and getting him to eat yeah it's a weird moment for Akko not gonna lie so we are flashing back and forth between Raita going nuts on these tomatoes and Great Tomato King and as Raita is eating the tomatoes there are literal there are bites disappearing out of Great Tomato King's head like his tomato head is being consumed, and so as that is happening, eventually we just get down to like a core of tomato, right. So though it's an apple core, even yeah. though that's not right. really tomatoes a thing. do not have cores for tomato. And but like there has to be somewhere for like that actor's head to be, right? So. And uh, Akko does drop the line, "Eat great tomato king away from your heart." <laughs> so great tomato king is down to just a. Core. Core. Jet Garuda drops Great Kick. And then Garuda Jump, Garuda Claw. And that thing is dead. Yeah, so that's it. So we go back to Sky Camp. This is the end of the episode. We're back at Sky Camp. And the three remaining Jetmen and Chief, who have not seen the Tomato Garden, are walking in. And they're blown away. They're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. How does this exist? Guys, it's been there the whole time. Yeah, like how... How long has he been doing this? Long enough, at least for these tomato plants to grow. Right. So, guys, I just I feel like maybe you could maybe pay some attention to your friend Raita. Just take an interest. Like, like he's he's, he's you know always what he likes he's always there for you. Just pay attention to his little like garden that he has going on. Now and then the chief says, <laughs> like yeah that was really weird that that was this thing from your childhood and the chief just says oh yeah everyone has memories from childhood that shouldn't be touched and then that's it she didn't say anything else. And no one really responds to it chief is just like dropping some like weird thoughts about this stuff <laughs> like yeah just do you have pain in your childhood never touch it leave it there leave it bottled up in the past and that's the end of the episode! That's Yay. it. Yay! And they're all very proud of Raja, and they thank him for saving them, and Guy takes a bite of tomato, and he thinks it's a delicious tomato. he's like, wow, that tomato's super good, Raja. Good job. The end. the end. So, Dave, what... What is your high point of this episode? Oh, man. I know it's difficult. How to choose. Um... I think it might be... Man... Okay, it's a toss-up between Akko saying, eat Great Tomato King away from your heart, mm-hmm. and and Raita being in an elevator and just, like, the deluge of tomatoes. Because that also never explains how he gets away from that. No. Like, he's literally trapped in a, a moving car- cage filled with tomatoes, and then he's just back at Sky Camp. Hey, man, you know gentlemanly gentlemanly the, it's the gentlemanly agreement of Jetman so the Jetmanly she... agreement hey oh I wish I would have thought of that 45 episodes oh, ago no. so many regrets Dave so many as, as we come to the end here well we live in a fallen world Matt uh, so what is your uh, low point then low point Man, if I had to pick one, I think it is Chief's gross misunderstanding of psychology. Okay, all right. Like, Chief, you're a team leader. I feel like you should have, like, a slightly better idea as to what constitutes, like, healthy human brain development. Seems fair. fair. Just, like, leave that pain buried in the past and never (laughs) talk about it. How about you, man? Do you have a a high point for this one? Oh, I've got a high point. I've got a guess. Uh, Okay, so there are two. It's either Great Tomato King's head being consumed as Raita eats all the tomatoes. Or. Or. Wait, what do you think my high point is? I really assumed you were just going to go with help, help, my head is a tomato. Okay. Okay, yeah, no, that's it, actually. (laughs) I, I, I had momentarily forgotten it. Because also a favorite moment of mine is when we had mentioned earlier that there was the bit where Great Tomato King was walking behind right a very slow oh that's also and, a real solid and moment and mimicking his motions like it's so like the physical acting in that scene is hilarious uh you got a low point for this one um I'd understand if you didn't this is pretty r- gold top to bottom right is Gam Gam talking about him wetting the battle lot as a kid yeah a lot of people just real bad about understanding like how it is that human beings grow and develop so just as a thing now Matt you were telling me this earlier I oh. haven't watched these episodes yet but this is sort of our last, like, for funsies episode. This is, yeah, this is our last monster of the week. And it's weird, because, like, the last two weeks were this really intense two-parter with uh-huh. the demon robot Veronica. And we're now, after this episode, we're going into endgame time. Like, yeah, because there's like, only it four is on. episodes left. Uh, there are 51 episodes total. Okay, so we got five. Yeah. Right. So the next five episodes are just, like, you start and you go to the end. Um... What I we will probably maybe do what we did last year. I think we yeah. Where we'll sort of put the last two episodes together in and then one we'll do like double a... size. Yeah, no, definitely we should uh, do but that. But yeah, so this is and it's so This weird. is a palette cleanser. Yeah. This is a palate cleanser. It very much is. You got your appetizer with demon robot Veronica. Yeah. A little an amuse bouche, yeah, as we might say. Uh, we got a little palate cleanser, maybe a little late sorbet, a little sure. tomato sorbet, Ooh. and then we are moving into the main, the, the heaviest, main... the heaviest, of course. <sighs> okay. You told me that it gets raw. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, but I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Yep. That is going to do it for another episode of the Jetman with the Golden Gun. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at Super Brothers at gmail dot If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, and gosh, I hope you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. We'll see you next week.